Welcome to Artist Praxis Podcast, where artists make meaning of their art making. Every week, we hear one artist's creative process, learning all about their most recent finished project. We discuss everything artists work with, from materials to thoughts, from dreams to gestures, from feelings to tools. At Artist Praxis Podcast, we stand for inclusivity and curiosity, connectivity and human warmth. Hello, we are Deborah and Sarah. It is our pleasure to share with you another episode of the Artist Praxis Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. In this interview, we talked with artist Mary Herbert about her recent work that is on view on our website artistpraxis.com and on Instagram at artistpraxis. We were transported to other dimensions through Mary's creative process. You can find out more about her work at her website mary-herbert.com and on Instagram at maryannherb. We have all the links listed on our show notes. Here at Artist Praxis, we listen carefully all about the making of one work of art. Our interviews begin with the artist describing their work, and we end our conversation on the words play, rest, and nurture. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's um, pastel on paperwork, and it's about it's 49 by 28 centimeters, so it's not huge, it's quite small, and it's a sort of landscape format, so it's kind of a long landscape format and I'd say I'd describe it if you can't the first thing I guess I'd notice about it is that it is a landscape <laughs> um, and there are figures in it but they're quite male they meld in with the landscape um, and there are lots of plants and it seems to be maybe like a coastal landscape there's a bit of sea on the left hand side um, and water this is quite watery <laughs> And the colours are kind of a mixture of warm and cool colours, kind of the colours that you'd expect from a coastal landscape necessarily. It's quite mixed. There's greens and oranges and purples. And I try and layer colours together. So sometimes you get kind of orange over blue or yellow. Um, and yeah, what else can I add? Could you tell me a little bit about the title of the work? Yeah, so the title came from, um, I've been reading a lot of Anne Carson at the moment, um, which is, I'm a big fan. Um, and she, I think the, the title came from one of her texts and I terribly, I can't remember which one now, but um, I think it might be from um, an essay called Variations on the Right to Remain Silent, which is all about translation um, and kind of silences and words that don't aren't able to translate. Um, and the the body remembers this, it's kind of, it kind of rings true. It could be the title of quite a few of my works. I think there's something about, yeah, a memory that is kind of, yeah, ingrained within the body and this work, because I suppose the figures are kind of appearing and disappearing it felt quite right for that. How did you start um, developing this kind of dreamlike landscape? So I started by um, kind of flaking pastel onto the, the paper. And I was kind of, um, I've been working in quite a cold palette for quite a long time. And I was trying to introduce a bit more warmth into it. So um, I 
instead of kind of starting with the thumbnail drawing, how I'd usually start, I, I started by using color and letting the color kind of lead the way into the imagery. Um, and I think that's become a bit easier the more I've worked in the imagery. I guess the imagery that I use keeps returning. So I let it return. And so it's been a bit easier to start from um, just color rather than having a sketch or a drawing. Um, so that's how this one started. It just started with choosing colors and kind of um, letting them fall, I guess, like flaking the pattern and letting it fall onto the paper and then working it into the paper and noticing what came out of that. So the landscape kind of formed out of those slightly more random marks or abstract marks. I'm very interested in this uh, notion of the imagery that keeps returning. Uh, I'm wondering how that uh, plays out during the creative moment if you uh, work with one piece at a time or if you're like doing multiple pieces with the same imagery and noticing what's the difference. Can you tell me a little bit more how that plays out for you, this imagery that is returning? Yeah, so I think it's been like a process of trusting it in a way because when I was doing, I was doing a postgrad in drawing, um, I was doing a lot of observational drawing from life and kind of I was doing these things in the studio which were a bit more like imagery that was coming up from within I guess rather than it being directly observed um, and I don't think I I think it took me quite a long time to push those two things together the sort of observed and felt imagery um, and I don't think at that time that I was fully trusting the images that were coming out in the studio I was a lot more kind of trusting of the of the drawings that I was doing from life um, even though a lot of um, things from inside crept out into those um, uh, but it was just a, a case of kind of noticing those things and kind of trusting them so I think the past year or so I've been um, it, that kind of got pushed I think that trust got kind of consolidated by being at home being working at home and kind of not having any distractions really and kind of going quite quickly from a sleeping to working <laughs> um, and kind of I started kind of drawing in the morning straight away as soon as I woke up and um, often that would be kind of drawings from dreams or um, kind of yeah imagery that I just then I started finding really intriguing this imagery and started um, kind of using that in the drawings and combining it with kind of source imagery um, and letting the kind of little thumbnail scribbles lead the way into looking for source imagery as well so um, yeah that, that it was quite a nice like consolidation of that process of ob observation and trusting um, what images are important that come up um, I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> I, I went off a little bit <laughs> it does, it does. And and I actually was uh, thinking if you could tell me a little bit more about this process of looking at this work and uh, how how you go about it and uh, what comes up, how do, what, how do you notice what is important? Uh, and um, yes, just tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, as I was saying before, like I guess the observation um, mixed with feeling and and feeling things out and letting things appear like let, kind of um, making space for things so I guess 
I've sort of transitioned from looking being very much observational, so kind of looking at what was in front of me and started getting quite frustrated about kind of having to go somewhere or, or find something to look at, I guess. And But it's, yeah, I kind of started drawing so that I would be looking at the drawing a bit more and less at observing something in front of me. And then that kind of left a bit of space for for, for allowing things to come out on the paper, um, but also feeding that observation into it. So there's some feeling of stuff that's in the world in it. It's just, it's appearing on the paper a bit more. Um, and I guess also like looking as a conceptual idea, I guess. Um, I guess I've always been kind of observational looking or observing has always been a really important thing in any practice that I've had um, and I think I think about it a little bit as uh, like quite a powerful thing to observe or listen or look um, and, and w- like what witnessing is or w- witnessing as a as a form of looking as well um, and kind of co- collective witnessing I guess as well which is something that's come into the past year's experience of sort of what do we do with what we've seen I guess I'm really curious to know what what comes up when you look at the finished image how do you make sense of what's on the paper like the figures that are coming up the plants the landscape that they're engaged in is there any anything that comes up afterwards in making sense of it yeah often often it's afterwards yeah I guess it kind of feeds back to your question about like whether you working on one or multiple because often I'll be working on multiple images at once um, and they feed into each other and and then they start to make sense I guess as a group sometimes they start like things that reoccur or sometimes sometimes I notice them from things in the world that are happening but sometimes it's kind of oh this is how I've been feeling or kind of this is showing me something that I did couldn't see in any other way don't know if that makes sense but kind of I guess because yeah it does I I don't think I I wouldn't use now I wouldn't say narrative because it, I feel like um I'm really interested in sort of the fragmentary or poetry and in this in the sense of like it's often a narrative is has it has like a beginning and an ending that you obviously they're always quite arbitrary but kind of it contains something within it where there's like an arc, some sort of arc. And whereas I feel like what I'm doing is a bit more like poetry or it's kind of fragments. Um, And so within each image, I guess, I want it to be open, want it to hold something, but for not, not for there to be like a singular way of um, reading the image. I get the the sense uh, of what you're saying uh, deeply when I look at it, because it has, a fluidity in the the whole drawing, right? And um, there is something that you wrote about this, the process of doing this work uh, and looking at it that uh, you brought listening. And I felt that um, listening has this different quality, right? Of, I don't know, for me, it has a different quality of uh, fluidity that makes a lot of sense to me when I look at this work. There is something about this acceptance and this what comes <laughs> when we listen 
which is very different from how usually we think about looking as being very directed. Mm, that's a really beautiful um, way of putting it. I really like that. But it's, yeah, because looking can be quite aggressive, actually. Like, it can be quite, a, you know, also because we think about the gaze in art, don't we? Kind of who's who's looking at what and who's made this thing to show what. And it's kind of, yeah, I think I really love that idea that you're, yeah, there's an indirect looking, It's it, which might relate more to listening than looking. Yeah, I love that. It's really nice. Uh, you you mentioned already uh, that you were really and Carson and that uh, that relates with the the title right of the work. Uh, I'm wondering uh, in terms of this relation with uh, visual materials, if there are other references that you feel that uh, are there in the work, directly or indirectly. Yeah, I guess I wasn't looking at kind of too much source imagery for this one. I think that there were a couple of things that I that appeared eventually that I was like, I need to have a look at some reference imagery for it. But I'd say the, the, and again, I was sort of not directly referencing other images, but I think I was kind of <laughs> a little bit referencing earlier work. Um, but also, um, yeah, I was the color, it was more color reference. I think um, some, of, some of the drawings that I was doing at the same time were based on a, um, a color palette that I was taking from a Paul Clay painting um, called Ancient Sound. And it um, it was like these very dark purples and with a really like acidic yellow um, that felt like kind of, it felt like everything was closing in. And I was sort of working on some like even darker drawings, but I wanted this one to feel a lot lighter, but maybe with similar colors. So I see at least two bodies, human bodies, <laughs> yeah, human or not, but, uh, bodies in, in it. And uh, I, I just, uh, I'm very curious about how these figures show up and um, your choice of how the their definition come up in the whole piece. I, I'm just wondering in this in the moment of uh, doing the work, and I, I, you mentioned already a couple of times that you were uh, focusing more on the colors, right? And these these two bodies kind of like come up without color, right? They kind of like they have these uh, clear figures uh, in the work. Could you tell talk me tell me more about this? This is a very open-ended question, I know, but I, I wonder if uh, there is something there in terms of the use of color and the reference to the body and uh, this this bodies being there in this clear way. Yeah, I like I, I like that description. I think the hands and the feet and the faces are all like I I tend to erase a lot, um, as well as like draw, drawing and erasing. Um, so often like hands and faces and feet are erased and I've, I've kind of like more and more um felt like when I try and I guess it's a kind of it's like almost um like I'm not doing something rather than doing something so I like the the more I try if I try and draw a kind of a full figure a full body it feels really wrong and so it's kind of um it's kind of what feels right and this the the see-throughness feels really right and I can't I can't really describe why 
particularly, but it's something that I'm quite interested in finding out maybe, or maybe I don't really need to answer that question, but uh, for myself, but, um, but it feels like, I guess in this one, the, the figures came out of the landscape. So they're kind of, they're not distinct from it. And that felt really right somehow. Um, but the, but the, the, the kind of quite defined hands and feet felt like, I guess it links back a bit to what you were saying about listening. It's kind of a sensory, it's a nod to a, a sensory experience of like touching or feeling your surroundings. Um, and I guess, yeah, these beings might be, these, they're kind of sensing what's around them. Could you tell us more about the technical side of your um, practice um, in making this work? Yeah, so I, um, mixture of things. So the, I described like the starting point of this drawing was like flaking. So I'll get, a, basically get a pair of scissors and kind of flake the pastel onto the paper. This is kind of a rel relatively new um, part of the process, which I'm really enjoying. <laughs> it's like found, I think I kind of found it by accident of just, um, I was trying to describe um, this sort of texture of a rock. And I was like, why don't I just kind of dust use dust because it's quite random um and then I just got I got very excited by this um different use of pastel but I also draw directly with the pastels um and I've got like really fat pastels but also thin ones that are like um contour so they're kind of they've got you can have like quite a thin edge on them so you can get quite precise lines um, and then I also have arrays, different erasers. So <laughs> um, I've got this like pen, pen eraser and um, which like a mechanical pencil, but with an eraser in it, um, which can do these quite fine lines. Um, and then I'll like, often I'll build up the pastel um, using like, I use like a tissue kitchen towel kind of thing. And just, it's almost like, it's more like painting than drawing a lot of the time. It's kind of, Uh, I'll just wipe a bit of the pastel off with that cloth with the tissue and then apply it onto the paper like that so it's kind of a lot there's a lot of rubbing into the paper and erasing so it's kind of there's often more kind of rubbing than drawing <laughs> if that makes sense um, which I think I kind of noticed that perhaps it was like a little bit hot, that um, motion itself is quite hypnotic and I think it helps kind of switch off the judgment brain a little bit to just use that motion of sort of rubbing pastel in gets quite, um, yeah, I can kind of get lost in that a bit more easily than kind of consciously drawing a line the whole time um, and then draw the line when I need to, but it's not most of the time. How was the workflow? How long did it take for you to finish this drawing? This one was, I was doing... It was quite a stop-start kind of drawing this one. It was kind of um, because it felt I felt like I really didn't want to overdo it. I have a tendency to kind of make things darker and darker and darker to kind of finish them and kind of increase the contrast. And I wanted to kind of leave this one. I've been trying to hold back on that a bit and leave some areas that, that breathe a bit more. And so I was really having to restrain myself and put it away and bring it back and put it so it, it had like a few short sittings I guess I, th I think the first one was probably like a couple of two or three hours maybe and then put it away and 
I'm not sure how many times I got out and put it away after that, but I think it was over like a week or two that I was working on it amongst other things. And when did you know that it was finished? How did you know that it was yeah. finished? <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, I, yeah, this one was like a, I wasn't sure it was finished, but I put it away and then thought, okay, that's, that is when I got it back out again. But I, I think I, I put that there's kind of a flow around it, which I think starts, I, I put this, the figure, there's a figure right at the bottom left-hand corner that's holding a shell. And I think that was one of the last things that went in. Um, and it kind of, I think maybe that, that made it feel like it, there was some com completeness in in the way maybe in the way that your eye goes around it or and this kind of now I'm now I'm looking at it the shell itself is felt like a, almost like a it's like a spiral into it's like a full stop but it's also like a spiral it's not it's like an infinite point <laughs> um, so yeah I think that kind of that was the finishing point I guess I was struck by the reference to Paul Klee's painting being ancient sound I wonder about the sounds around you when you made this drawing. Yeah, I think I, I almost definitely listening to music. I tend to listen to music whilst working. It really helps. And often like music without words. So I like kind of electronic music and classical music and anything that's kind of, I guess, creates a similar space to the visual space that I'm making, which is, yeah, quite more less about kind of meaning within words and more about kind of the experience of sound and yeah I find and I, I think like thing music that has a some kind of flow or rhythm or yeah it can kind of influence the drawing I think um and if I, if I do listen to like podcasts or things with words um especially podcasts I'll, I'll look at a drawing and I'll remember what I was listening to it's really weird it's like the drawing then contains that that memory which it's not the same with music I guess but yeah sometimes I'll I won't often listen to podcasts when I'm starting a drawing only kind of when I'm quite a long way through it. Would you tell us how do you think that this work because you mentioned that there was a change in the way the way that you're working uh, because of the pandemic and uh, I just wanted to hear more about that and how you feel that the work is circulating maybe or uh, being part of this moment now. Like when it, when the pandemic kind of first hit and we, everything was locked down and there was, a, there was like a kind of a weird feeling of a sort of global, a thing that was happening on a global scale that not I, I hadn't experienced in my lifetime. And I guess none of us, not none of us, but quite a lot of us hadn't this kind of, something that's affecting you know so many people at once um, and I, I, I was thinking a lot about that I think with the drawings I was making at home and I felt like the dream kind of accessing the dream space at that time was is quite different to how it feels now it felt quite like like weirdly collective um, like I felt like I was seeing images that resonated like pat seeing patterns almost in images that people were putting out and I found that quite yeah quite comforting maybe <laughs> at that time um but yeah it feels quite different now now everything's kind of there's all the you know the different um political like this the sort of the way things have panned out 
you know, so so based on different countries' political situations. And yeah, I, I find it now it feels really complicated, like a lot more kind of difficult to speak to, I guess. I'm curious in the, the future of the process, do you, because you said that this way of working with more of a of an an abstract image at the beginning um, was kind of a new tendency. I wonder how you will take this forth into the future or into next projects, or if there will be another shift back, or how you see how you see the next step happening. Yeah, I think it might be a sort of adding it to the to the way that I start work um, rather than, yeah, I think it's good to have like different different ways in and um, not always be relying on kind of one process or method. Um, and so this feels like, yeah, it feels like quite a nice open way of starting, um, starting a work and not feeling constrained by um, the imagery and letting it kind of arrive um, and trusting it again it's I think it's um, partly to do also with and needing a kind of yeah needing to to kind of trust that that they'll come to some kind of resolution over time rather than kind of having an idea of what that might be in the first place um, and it also relates a bit to painting because I've been kind of painting a bit in the studio and I haven't really shown anyone <laughs> paintings because I'm kind of still working on it um the language that I'm using in painting but I think again it's um it's like a it's a lot of it's a much slower process um and so starting off with something that slowly unfolds is a bit easier than starting off with like quite a strong feeling about something and then coming back in the next week and feeling like oh, I can't get back into that because I don't feel in that place anymore and then just painting over it and it's kind of yeah I think it's just like slower um yeah it's another layer of trust I guess in the work like cultivating openness or like just you know like the holding space for something to arise without controlling it too much or pushing it too much in a certain way yeah and I think it's a fine line between having intentions and like not having any plan and then having because it there's often there's always like some kind of intention with it it's just yeah having an openness to where the process goes um yeah because I think if I've definitely started work in the past without much intention and then that always leads to kind of frustration I think and you're kind of I don't know why what this is so yeah it's kind of with an intention but letting yeah an openness like you say kind of letting it unfold um on that note mary i think that uh, we could talk about the three words that we like to finish the interviews which are nurture play and rest could you tell us what these words mean to you in your practice yeah really nice words <laughs> i like those words um play is like up there it's like number one most important thing i think it's where everything starts yeah I think it's kind of a non-judgmental state I think playing it's like you you're just seeing what happens you're just trying something out and seeing what happens and I think that um is a really not, like really fruitful space to make work from um so I, yeah I, I think when I'm when I'm not playing in when I'm in the process and there's there's something a bit wrong I think and I'm like <laughs> thinking about something else or judging it or 
yeah, it's play is like number one. And rest, yeah, I guess rest is also up there because you kind of can't kind of just steam through and not and rest is is listening and reflecting and so it's like a big part of the work um and I think I have like all of us a tendency to just try and plow through things and just feel like you need to be productive all the time but I think when you notice the need for rest and give it to yourself then it's everything flows much better I think um and then nurture yeah another another really important thing is kind of tending to tending to the work um and nurturing is kind of a yeah it's like a dedication I guess it's like you're you're dedicated to 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 slowly plugging away and kind of caring for this this practice um which in turn is kind of caring caring for yourself and people around you I guess um yeah I think tending is a really nice nurture is a really nice way of thinking about a practice I think thank you for joining us the artist praxis podcast is created by Deborah Fatian Grodzki and Sarah Arriagada original music by André Javi if you enjoyed the show subscribe and leave us a review that will help us reach a broader audience if you are an artist and would like to be interviewed or if you would like more information about the podcast please visit artistpraxis.com.